Welcome to Peaceful Power Conversations. I am super excited to have Kaylin Kelly. That's actually the question I wanted to ask before I pressed record. Am I saying your name right and everything? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so oops. But um, there always has to be like some awkwardness in my introduction. But I'm really excited to have this conversation today. Um, often, especially just for me being... Well, I don't want to say older because some of the listeners might be older than me, but not born into social media. Sometimes social media is like a weapon and sometimes it's a tool. <laughs> and I've heard actually um, the business mentor I'm working with right now say that. And I've been blessed to, now I'm going to knock on <laughs> all the wood around me, but I've been blessed to have social media be a great tool Um particularly in meeting really cool people. And that's how I met Kaylin. Um, we met through, I believe it's, it was a Path to Freedom alumni page. Um, another thing that's been so cool about meeting um, you in particular is just how generous you were in the post. It was like, hey, coaches, I know people who want to work with different kinds of coaches, not like every client is mine. And I'm just, you know, and it was just this like, outreach that was really generous to support other people in the industry. And so I think that's what, in, well, that's what inspired me to reach out. And then looking more at what you do, uh, it's very much in alignment with, um, you know, what I do and love and think it's so very needed in this world. Um, that's why I said, will you be on my podcast? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's how I I found you. And I'm I'm just really grateful for that and to learn more about more about you and what you do. So at this point, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners in any way that feels feels real. Thanks. Um, yeah, hi, my name is Kaylin. Um, I am a, um, oh, and pronouns she, her. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor and I've been doing that for, oof, I don't even like 15 years, a really long time. Um, and I'm also a trauma-informed coach and a trauma-informed yoga instructor. And I live I'm here in Anchorage, Alaska, so up in the middle of nowhere. Um, and yeah, I'm also a woman in long-term recovery, which is important to me. I mean, it's an important part of my story and really how I found my way into the coaching space. I've been a therapist for a long, long time. Um, but once I found recovery and really started to do my own healing work as opposed to being, you know, in the chair as the therapist, right? Like I took my, I was in the other, like, as they say, like across the table, um, at least in the therapy world. Um, and when I, what I found was that I really, um, wanted to find a, a new way to come alongside clients, consumers, students, because oftentimes as much as I love therapy and being a therapist, um, and I believe it's such a, a beautiful relationship to have with someone, I think there's, there's something different in coaching. Like we really come alongside our clients in a different way. Um, kind of more personal, I believe, like there's more of that, um, shoulder to shoulder kind of work that's done. And so, yeah, I mean, that's how I, through my own recovery is how I found myself in the coaching space. And then, um, yeah, found the 
coach that we both worked with, Allie. Um, and from there, then on, it was just kind of expanding into this world of personal development and healing and transformation and looking for ways that I can, mm, I don't know how I, how I could share that with my clients, looking for ways that I can um, make an impact on the world and my local community, um, both in mental health, but in specifically in recovery, that being like addiction recovery, trauma recovery, codependency, whatever it is. Like, I firmly believe that we're all recovering from something. Um, and so when I say recovery, a lot of people are thinking addiction. And that is something that um, that's really important to me is addiction recovery. But um, I think like we're all on our own healing journey and recovery really is just healing. That's kind of like, at least that's my, my perspective of it. So yeah, that's me, I think in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. And thank you for sharing where you're from too. I think it's just amazing as well that I could hang out with someone in Alaska um, <laughs> right now. Um, so many things I wanted to uh, touch upon that you said. I actually just wrote yesterday this little public letter that healers need healing too. And what struck me about your story is how long you've been serving others, like really in that capacity of a healer, whether like, um, you know, even sitting in the seat of a therapist, as opposed to a coach or yoga teacher, you're still working in the space of healing. And you can stop me if that's an assumption. Um, at what point, um, if you don't mind, and, you know, we can take this all different directions, but at what point was uh, the kind of awareness that your healing needed to take some priority? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it took a lot longer than I like to admit. Um, <laughs> and I'm an open book about, you know, everything really, I'm just an open book and especially around the recovery and healing. I, you know, as I said, I, I, I've been a therapist for 15 years. Um, but I have, but my recovery or, and my recovery journey is that I've been clean a little over four years. So obviously the math there is, it's pretty clear that I was in my addiction while I was um, a therapist. Um, and so my my needs, my healing took a backseat. I, and I think a lot of that was what kept me in my addiction was that I had this profession as a therapist. And so from the outside, everything looked pretty good, right? And I could focus on other people all day long. And I worked in... Um, for most of my career, I worked with what they call is SED and ED youth, so severely emotionally disturbed or emotionally disturbed youth, um, um, economically disadvantaged families. Um, and so there was a lot of, um, it was kind of like a lot of high risk situations, a lot of high risk um, families and individuals and a lot of crisis management. And so it's like I was sucked into this world and it was my whole focus. It was all I thought about. Like I didn't really have, besides my addiction, like I didn't really have a life outside of work. That was like all I thought about. And I thought about it all the time. And so poor boundaries, focusing on other people instead of focusing on myself um, and just really getting in over my head and not knowing who to turn to was were all the things that really kept me in my addiction. Um, you know, and it wasn't like, an overnight thing. You know, I started drinking pretty young and started smoking pot pretty young, <laughs> like 14. Um, and then that was just like, 
a normal thing in my life was to try different things. And I even told myself that, like, I'm going to try everything under the sun. I wasn't that kid that was like, I'm never going to do this. Just say no. You know, like I didn't buy into the dare program, any of that. (laughs) Um, and so I think like what really helped me to find what I needed, my own needs in healing and recovery was, um, really the combination of what, what kind of like that moment in my addiction where I needed to reflect on whether I could keep living that way. And then once I did get clean, um, my experience in treatment is really what inspired me to pour into my own recovery, my own healing, to really look at my own trauma. Um, because I had a, I had a rough time (laughs) in treatment and, um, kind of went through something that almost to me, like made me not ever want to seek help again. Um, And so it was that experience and me pushing away and seeing my recovery start to crumble that made me double down on like seeking support and help. And I started getting, you know, got, got into coaching for my business because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to grow my own business. I didn't want to work for somebody else. I really wanted to have a positive impact on the recovery community. Um, And then just the healing that happened through Path to Freedom, just that experience really opened my eyes to how much there was that um, I needed to and that I got I would get to work on and that my business and my ability to show up for others would only would would only grow or exist as much as my own healing. I couldn't like give away something that I didn't have. Right. And so that was really like the eye opening moment for me. It was just noticing that the more I poured into my own cup, the more that I could actually show up in the world to support others. Love it. And is that where joyful girl recovery was born or when did that come along? Well, so initially my business name was purposeful and empowered. And that actually was like from a long time ago with my ex-husband when I tried to go into private practice before I got clean. And so it was kind of weird because I like hung on to that name for like a year and a half and it just didn't feel right. It didn't work well, but it was like, I already had the Facebook page. It was like, I, I did it out of more logistical reasons. And so Joyful Girl actually came about because there's this, I don't know if you listen to Ani DeFranco, but Ani DeFranco, um, yeah, she's a, she's a musician and I've been listening to her since high school. And like, I have my two best re- friends who we call each other, our soulmates. And, um, yeah, that song, like joyful girl, it has always just been a part of our lives and the lyrics just really, <clears throat> um, I don't know, they resonate and it, and that really anchored me into what I wanted, how I wanted to show up and what I wanted to offer. So it took me a while to actually get to Joyful Girl. I think I went like a year and a half with Purposeful and Empowered, which I really didn't even resonate with. I didn't feel very strongly about. <laughs> so yeah. And my business has changed a lot since I changed the name and really leaned fully into, yeah, the feeling that I want to have and the feeling that I want to cultivate for others. I love it. Yeah, both hands. Um, Ani DeFranco's song is just, like I can burst into tears in like now, <laughs> like at this very moment um, and have, and mine was like, um, my introduction was 
maybe like early college years. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm with you there and I've seen, I've seen him live and everything, but um, so you said that your work as a coach has transformed since you started and since you leaned into the name and embraced like what the essence of joyful girl is, where are you at now with your offerings? Um, do you run a yoga studio as well? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have my, I started my business online and still offer, you know, in private coaching and group coaching offers and and have a private Facebook group that's really focused around healing and recovery. So, or, you know, whatever someone is working towards, like, as far as any women that are wanting to pour into their own cup. Um, but about a year and a half ago, I think I, um, yeah, I started my own brick and mortar studio, like a, a in-person studio in the town that I was raised in. And I'm, it, it was just kind of like by chance. It I don't know. It wasn't something that I was really thinking I was ready to step into. I had thoughts about it. I had dreams about it. I saw it like in my maybe five-year plan but I wasn't really planning on opening a studio anytime soon, but I just saw this space on Craigslist and I was like, Oh, and then I looked at the, you know, the rent for it. I was like, might as well just go check it out. And so I went and checked it out and saw it. And the lady was amazing. And we, uh, we like signed the paperwork that day. (laughs) And so, um, it's been, it's been a little bit of a journey to get it actually up and running because yeah. Um, brick and mortar is completely different than an online business. Um, and so that's been a, a learning curve for me, like a steep one, um, but definitely well worth it. And um, it's taught me a lot about myself, about resilience, uh, my resilience and uh, patience and hope <laughs> and faith. Um, and really leaning into all of those things the last year and a half to see it now start to really uh, gain some traction and have women that show up every week, multiple times a week, um, and see this community starting to really build. Um, and it's, yeah, no, it's really special. So I, yeah, I have both the online, um, I guess like business and then the, the in-person, um, that, you know, that's been something like trying to balance both, but again, learning balance as well (laughs) through this process. So do you also, why am I thinking of the word broadcast? Do you also share your classes and your offerings and your workshops virtually? <laughs> I don't know where I word that. Um, from your <laughs> from your studio, from your space? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So not all the classes are hybrid classes, but I do offer um some of the classes hybrid. So um like there's meditation secrets for women, which is on Sunday nights. And that's both in person and virtually some slow flow yoga classes in person and virtually, and then some classes that are just virtually. So, um, because, uh, the, the like group that I started, I don't know, three years ago, the Facebook group has grown and most of those people are not in Alaska. And so a lot of the community that I've connected with over the last three years that are working on their own healing journey and are wanting to stay connected and are interested in yoga and yogic philosophy and yogic practices as, you know, a blueprint for 
healing and recovery, which has been what my experience of yoga has been. Um, they're interested in that kind of stuff and they want to have, they want to have the opportunity to, to lean into that. And so I decided to continue to offer, um, virtual classes, even once I started the studio. I love it. Yeah. I have, um, like similarities. I owned a yoga studio in Manhattan for a couple of years, definitely like huge learning curve. We didn't even think to do anything virtually because this was 2011. Like it was you have a studio, people come to your space, but I, but I feel you with, with like the growth and the, you know, all that's involved in building a community and getting a a space started. Um, And I also relate to what you're sharing. I coach from a movement mindfulness background Mm -hmm. as well. Um, My focus is recovering and healing from disordered eating and eating disorders. And I myself, like I heard you say, like, it took a while. <laughs> it took a while. <laughs> and in my last treatment um, is the first time I ever, you know, did a child's pose and took a deep breath. And it like blew my my mind. I'm not going to curse because I don't know what happens with the podcast, but it blew my F- <laughs> mind. I don't <laughs> feel like I'd ever breathed before I breathed in that yoga class. Um, and it's just, it it is that simple. And it's, it's super complicated, right? But it, but it really is that simple. Um, I'd love to know um, in any of your offerings, like how you choose to uh, incorporate the yoga in the recovery. Yeah. Well, so part of it is, is starting with just, um, I guess, connecting people to the term embodiment and somatics, somatic healing, um, and starting at the point of what is it that comes up in your body when you even hear those terms? What happens? Do you feel, you know, do you feel open? Do you feel curious or do you feel aversion? Do you feel closed off? Like what happens in the body and starting to like provide, um, an open space to dispel any misinformation or misunderstandings or, you know, the things that, that are usually present when someone has a hard time taking that step or opening themselves up to something in particular, which when people hear yoga, mm-hmm. uh, there is a up for many, many people. And I think especially, um, uh, like people, individuals in, you know, oppressed, excluded, dis, uh, you know, disenfranchised populations, um, or, you know, cause, because yoga for a, a lot of years, especially yoga here in the U S is, um, saturated with a lot of, uh, ableism, uh, a lot of, um, white thin bodied centric images, a lot of, um, leg behind the head, very like, you know, contortionist type of imagery. So that doesn't fit you know, with what, <laughs> at least that doesn't fit in yoga in the way that I, um, I'm hoping to share it. Right. And so the first step really is dispelling myths, understanding what are the barriers, what has maybe kept you from feeling safe and comfortable with embodiment, specifically with yoga, what has kept you from feeling safe and comfortable with meditation or breath work, um, validating those things because there is, 
Yoga classes are safe, feel safe for many of us, but they're not inherently safe spaces for everybody. Um, and so that's really where I start before I, I bring it in and start to ask someone to come to a class or if we're sitting like this and we're talking and I say, okay, well, how about let's, let's try something, you know, can you sit back, push your hips here or, you know, seat to feet, head down, come into Balasana or a variation of child's pose. Um, before I feel comfortable doing that, or someone is even comfortable in their own body doing that, we need to like move through how can we create safety in your body before stepping into that? But that's usually after dispelling any myths or misinformation, finding out why there's they don't feel safe in that space. Then it's one pose at a time, one shape at a time, <laughs> just seeing how it feels in someone's body on the one-to-one -one calls or even in like the group calls. Um, and from there, hopefully then people feel comfortable coming into classes, you know, from that place. Yeah, I love it. I've been, I, I suppose I do have like people pleaser or every, I want everyone to like me tendencies. And so I've gone so far as removing the word yoga from what I offer with my coaching. And I'm all like, it's mindful movement. Um, <laughs> but then I go back and forth because I love your approach of like, yeah, this, because truly it is from the teachings of yoga that I share. So mm -hmm. to take away the origin is it really fair? I just, again, I, I don't, I don't necessarily like feel really comfortable being like, join my coaching program that has yoga, mindfulness and meditation. I'm more like it has mindful movement, breathing. And so I really appreciate honoring the origin as it should be um, at the same time as dispelling myths because yeah, accessibility and yoga is for everybody. Um, it is how I, how I started, you know, um, so yeah, I appreciate hearing that. What is your, so I'd love to hear about your space. What is your online, I guess, biz, joyful girl recovery? What is the online, um, existence? Yeah. So it's primarily the, you know, my presence on, um, Facebook where there is, I do have my Facebook group. So joyful girl recovery, which is a, a free private Facebook group for women, in recovery from whatever on their own healing journey, trying to create healthy habits, supportive habits, um, and find safety in their, their bodies and in their lives. Um, and then, um, the offerings are, the online offerings are similar to the in-person offerings. So private yoga lessons, private yoga and coaching, um, coaching. So embodiment coaching, recovery coaching, meditation coaching like there's it's um pretty wide spectrum and then group coaching programs so upcoming um i have a, a trauma informed certificate trauma sensitive certification that i'm doing that will um lead into the trauma informed certification group program that i'll be offering and so the pretty much it's the coaching that is virtual there are there is some yoga um but and so, you know, some yoga classes, meditation classes that are virtual, but primarily it's individual private coaching and group coaching and then workshops. So a lot of, um, before I was doing primarily or strictly recovery coaching, which was focusing a, lo a lot on supporting women through their own recovery process, developing a recovery program, finding ease and joy in their recovery. <clears throat> and while I still do that, 
some. I still do that a little. I made a hard pivot. And now my my focus is offering trauma-informed coaching to other personal development, healing, and health and wellness professionals. So whether it's coaches, yoga teachers, breathwork facilitators, counselors, meditation teachers, personal trainers, whatever it is, helping them to one, notice what's happening with them in them and, and their own healing journey. Cause that's truly the first step to trauma sensitive, trauma informed work is like where we're at in our journey and how we tend to, to our own inner needs. Um, and then from there, helping them to basically trauma inform their whole business, their business, their offerings, their programs, their courses, their spaces. Um, because trauma informed is something that happens from the ground, from the, like the center out and the ground up. So to have a trauma informed class when your business isn't trauma informed is, is really hard. Right. And so that's really my, what my online presence is now really all about is supporting other helping healing professionals in um, tra becoming trauma-informed, understanding the principles of trauma-informed care, all those kinds of things. What inspired that transition? <sighs> um, well, that it's always really been like at the core, like at, in my heart, you know, like especially even before, honestly, before I got into the coaching space, um, I was, I wouldn't say I was what I would have called a trauma specialist yet. Um, but once I got clean and started working in the field again, I put all my focus into that. Like all, as far as, as a therapist, like all of my studies, all my CEUs, all my focus on learning various tools and interventions um, for to, to provide trauma therapy for people. So EMDR, EFT, all the things. And a part of that, a part of being able to be an effective trauma specialist is to be trauma informed. Um, and so while I was doing the recovery work, I really was finding in the coaching spaces, like, wow, we're not very trauma informed. <laughs> like there's just not, it's not a big part of the coaching um, field. And, um, that kind of shocked me and shook me to be honest, because in the, in therapy, it also, it took the mental health field a while to really, um, embrace trauma informed, but like once they, once we have, right, like everything has kind of has changed as opposed as, as like how we meet our clients. Sorry, I'm having like hard time with words today. Um, but how we're meeting our consumers and our clients is from the space of like not pathologizing trauma responses, not pathologizing their needs, um, meeting clients where they're at, all those kinds of things. Like that is now the norm in the mental health counseling field. And so to see that that wasn't present in coaching, um, yeah, it just inspired me and, and to start to share this because I would like share a little bit in some of the coaching spaces, like in the programs that I'd be in. And there was a hunger for it. A lot of women, well, and I say women because that's who I'm around, you know, in Ali's programs and stuff, um, who are hungry for the knowledge. Like what are the principles of trauma informed care? What, 
What does it look like to have a trauma-informed business? What changes would I make to my Zoom calls to be more trauma-sensitive or trauma-informed? So people were really hungry for it. Um, <clears throat> and that's really what inspired me. And this belief or this, this I guess, pur purpose and passion to have trauma-informed be the standard as opposed to this like specialty certification or this specialty thing that only some people do to really have it become the standard in the coaching, personal development, healing spaces um, <clears throat> is like, that's really my passion and purpose. I love it. And I love how you discovered the hunger for it just by kind of sharing that component of what you were doing kind of naturally or your area of expertise. Right. And then having these women around you, like you don't know what you don't know. So, I mean, you, I, I could see myself sitting in the seat saying like, why aren't these people aware of, of trauma informed, <laughs> but you don't know what you don't know. They go, you know, that's not part of, like you said, currently not part of standards, right? It's like an add-on or a continued ed credit. Um, so the fact that you found that hunger um, in the groups that you were in presently, are you offering, do you have any offerings for people who might be listening who are healers and coaches or new or, or quite experienced and are like, yeah, I didn't know I didn't know that. And it could really um, be such a, strength to add to what I'm doing. Um, how are you, what are you, what container are you offering your, your teachings? Yeah, right now, um, May 7th, um, is my, the trauma sensitive certification workshop. So, um, you know, we'll, and on that, during that workshop, we'll get into what are the differences between trauma sensitive and trauma informed, but essentially, trauma sensitive is like, that's a stop on the, the, pathway or on the road to becoming trauma informed. So on May 7th at 9am Alaska standard time, that's when it's, it is here. Um, I'll be offering a two hour workshop talking all about how, what does trauma sensitive mean? How to, how to become trauma sensitive, how to be a trauma sensitive provider, what kind of shifts to make in your business and your offerings and your language. Um, and we'll workshop some specific um, businesses, like for the people who come um, different, like yoga teachers, coaches, personal trainers, we'll workshop different offerings that people have so that people can see kind of like the differences in um, how you can show up from a trauma sensitive place and that it's possible for anybody, right? It's not, this isn't just for the mental behavioral health field. This isn't even just for the helping professions or the healing professions. This is for anybody who works with people, any person who works with people can, and I think would benefit from becoming trauma sensitive. Um, and so, yeah, that's the, the next thing or the, the thing that's coming up soonest, the offering that's coming up soonest would be that trauma sensitive certification. And that's kind of like the, um, I guess the beginning of then I'll be offering a trauma informed um, certification, a six week program for um, yeah, for people that are interested in taking their journey beyond trauma sensitive and into trauma informed and wanting to learn how to make that a part of their life and their business and what they're creating. Thank you for sharing. And also thank you for like 
sharing it as an umbrella for so many different things, whether it be personal training, yoga teachers, coaches, um, other providers, or people who just want to be more <laughs> informed, informed and sensitive people. So I appreciate that. Um, I've heard you mention a couple of times this like community uh, that is your Facebook group. Is that for people who have taken one of your offerings? Um, how, how does that community work? Yeah, no, it's just a private Facebook group for women or those who identify as, as a woman um, who are just wanting community and are seeking their own healing and recovery in whatever way that looks like. So they're not, it's not just for women who've gone through programs. It's for anyone who's wanting to, yeah, wanting to learn different habits and rituals and practices, wanting to connect with other women. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of embodied practices, a lot of, a lot about embodiment and yoga and yogic philosophy. Um, but also a lot more beyond that. There's a lot of talk about like, you know, how to, um, how to develop a strong recovery program. Um, we have events like once a year, we do something called recovery fest, which this upcoming year will be the third year where it's just a lot of different, um, a lot of different coaches, providers, yoga teachers, um, artists, people who come in and they share their knowledge and their wisdom um, in like a three-day festival. And so, um, yeah, it's pretty much open. There's, I've never, as far as like people who wanted to join, I've never been like, no, you're not in recovery or you're not, you know, you didn't say the right thing. So you can't come in. It's pretty much open to any woman or anyone who identifies as a woman that wants to take radical, you know, accountability and responsibility for her own life and pour into herself and pour into others. Awesome. Will you send me the link for that? If anyone's interested, who's listening? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can get that to you. Awesome. I'll do all the links um, for how to find Kaylin. Uh, my last kind of question um, is, do you have a vision of what's next for you? And it can be personally, professionally, et cetera. Yeah. Oof. I have a vision. Yes. I mean, it's something that I can <laughs> say in my meditation. Um, I, I mean, personally to continue to grow in recovery and in my own healing journey, um, in the last couple of years, I've really found that as much as I'm willing to show up for myself in my healing, um, that's as much growth as I'll see with my business. That's as much impact as I'll have on the world and in, you know, like various in my clients' lives, my students' lives. And so I really prioritize, make make my healing my number one priority because I know that allows me to show up. So in my vision for the future, I see that. I see myself continuing to pour into my own healing, my own recovery, um, and to take more time for rest and play the last couple of years have been very, um, like nose to the grindstone, you know, like opening the doors to a physical studio. I've been like, just going at it hard, <laughs> trying to, you know, get classes filled up to like, you know, do the work. And I also am a contracted licensed professional counselor at like another clinic. So, 
you know, I do the work at the clinic and then I do my own online business and then I do the studio. And so what I, you know, have recently, but has recently been coming up for me in my own meditation is taking time for rest, play, rest, play, and relaxation. Professionally, continuing to grow and share about, um, you know, the need for this trauma-informed, trauma-sensitive language and trauma-informed care within the coaching and healing spaces to include um, yoga and breath work and meditation and to really just continue to share that message and connect with as many people in that space as possible. Um, and yeah, keep growing the studio and offer continue to offer classes and supports and resources to my local community. Um, it, it's been really special to be able to open a studio in the town that I was from in this small town in Alaska, you know, like um, it's been really amazing to be able to do that and to have women coming through the doors that um, like want to connect, want community and want to um, pour into their own cup and focus on their healing. Um, and so really what I see is, is continuing to grow that and offering more classes, offering, we're going to do our first retreat this summer. So I'm really excited about that. I'm really nervous, but I'm really excited. Um, yeah. And to just continue sharing, hopefully, um, you know, in the past like month, I've been able to have the opportunity to go into different businesses or, um, do some, give some, um, I don't lecture is kind of boring, but to give some lectures on trauma informed care and the power of trauma informed care. And I hope to see, have the ability to do more of that. So, um, and to connect like this more, like this is everything, the women that I've met through coaching and online. And, um, it's just been insane how many awesome, amazing, women I've met. And so I, you know, that's uh, something that I definitely see for my future is continuing to connect with other people, other like-minded women that are showing up big in their lives and showing up big in their communities and to support one another, just like, just like we're doing right now. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love all of it. You're truly like, right. What a sweet and special thing it is to open up a studio in your hometown. I didn't have yoga, you know, growing up and then I left home for 18 years, came back and yoga's on every corner. And um, <laughs> so it, it really is special, um, you know, to, to be home, home and have that. Um, but the thing that really uh, you, I don't know if you can see zoom, like blurs things out, but that brought tears to my eyes was the first that you shared that the more you are focused on your healing, your personal recovery journey, um, it's just the more you can be present and show up for others. And I really relate to that as well. And um, the rest, rest and play and, and, but with that diligent focus on like, that's just the priority because, you know, pouring from the empty cup um, and constantly learning because I, mm -hmm. I use like recovering with the IMG because things always bubble up no matter a decade in recovery or beyond um yeah. any little like shift and change uh always things like bubble up and I I learn I learn more by being really aware and not too relaxed into into it um so I really appreciate hearing you say like that first you know mm -hmm. just 
keeping that really strong so you can, you know, be present, be of service and keep learning. Um, this has been awesome. <laughs> I'm super grateful to connect and I, I'm going to put every bit of offering. I would love for people to, I want to take a yoga class in Alaska virtually um, <laughs> or a workshop and, and um, learn from you. And, um, and I hope that like listeners as well, get uh, curious. I'm curious, I'm inspired. Um, and so I just want to thank you so much for, for taking this time today. Yeah, um, thank I really appreciate it. And yeah, I would love to have you. So come definitely come to a <laughs> yoga class in Alaska virtually or in person. If you somehow make it up here, that would be cool too. Love it. We're both like crisscross right now. <laughs> um, one day I'll learn how to, I mean, I don't think it's that hard, but to put the podcast video up on YouTube, but we're just like crisscross on the floor, <laughs> hanging out. Um, yeah, I'm super grateful for you and thank you. And also everyone who's listening, thank you so much. If there's any takeaways, do make sure that you let us know um, on the, there's, you can listen to Peaceful Power Project anywhere, but on Apple, there's an opportunity to leave um, a review. So that would be fantastic. So more people can listen to these conversations. And with that, I am wishing everyone peace, power, and presence.